Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colm, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, where we talk about some of the most interesting people and events in the scriptures in the Old Testament. Um, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. Um, if you are <coughs> watching this and you enjoy the program, you enjoy the ministry work here and the, the study that we're doing, head over to www.churchofvictoria.com and hit that donate button right at the top of the screen and go ahead and join us and partner with us in this ministry. It really does help us out. And so we're going to be in Genesis chapter 38. And this is, and this is odd because 39. it really is Wednesday night. It is Wednesday night. Yeah, it is Wednesday night. It is Wednesday night. We're actually recording on a Wednesday night. Yes. Yeah, we usually do this on Monday night. But, <laughs> yes. You know, this it's kind of odd. You when you said this is our Wednesday night, and I said, "Yeah, we're, we're it Wednesday really night. is this it's time." Really yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be in Genesis chapter thirty-nine. Uh, Genesis chapter thirty-nine. Uh, kind of racy, not not horribly ah, racy. You know it. The one we get, we did give, gave a disclaimer last week. Last week was pretty racy. Yeah, you know, we gave a disclaimer. You know, get the kids out of the room. You know, yeah. you know, came across the screen. No, I'm kidding. But uh, it's you know, it's just people. It is doing people, people stuff. You know, and you know, it surprises. It's it's interesting to see people who who've never sat down and read these these stories before, or read the scriptures before. It surprises them, oftentimes, what's in God's word. Mm -hmm. You know, it is it isn't. It's not all roses and candy canes. No, and, it's not. It, <laughs> it's real it's, people. It's normal people, real people doing real stuff, and how God interacts with them. That's right. That's what's so good about it. Yeah. Because you know, like we took that last week, you know, with 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 the 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 text we were dealing with with Judah and Tamar and all that and the and the prostitute thing and you know, I mean, it, it's 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 normal stuff mm. with people with flaws mm -hmm. and know that God can use people with flaws because if He does, man, then we all have a chance. That's right. If He doesn't, yeah. we none of us got a chance because man, we are flawed individuals, really are, and it really helps me. And I hope it comes across that way, guys. That that. Uh, that it really gives us a, a sense of, of comfort to know that I'm dealing with a God who looks at me and does not, he's, he's not looking to thump me and beat me because I've got some flaws. He's going to use them. He's going to navigate through them. And sometimes he's going to allow the flaws to, to elevate, to use. I mean, look, we talked about a couple of guys that are going to come. We read out a book of Ruth last week. Yeah. You know, Hey, there's That's a couple right. of guys in the seat line of Jesus that come from that 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 whole scenario there, that whole so, plane crash. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. You know that 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 was that was just one of the plane crashes in this guy's life, in these in this one. family's life. Just one. one. He Here's went a, from he went in the narrative. He went from plane crash to plane crash. Yeah. You oh know, yeah. He yeah. Just moved that way. And then and then we were looking for a train wreck. That's right. And it ended up with a train wreck and planes on top of it. It's it, 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 it's you know. And then we're gonna have you know we're we're looking gonna look at Joseph and his situation because remember he's got he's got sold into slavery. That's right. We're gonna and we've got him. a whole bunch of chapters coming of one thing after another after another and, and to watch how God works in a powerful way to bring His Messiah. It's it's amazing. I can't wait to get into it. All can't right. Wait. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the for the for the text. You know, especially what we have to work with tonight and last week and next week and on. Uh, it's a, to, to watch you work in these people's lives and to see how powerfully you work to accomplish your will. We know that you're the same God today doing the same kinds of things. Even we may not see them. We may not understand it. But to know that you do that and to know that, uh, if, that it will be obedient to you and to do what you say to do that you will do great things in our life as well. Thank you, Father, for that opportunity. 
Bless us tonight as we study. Be with our audience. I pray that we'll say these things in a way that they can understand and apply them to their lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 39, but before we get there, I uh, just want to ask you, Dan, you know, you've been an elders and elder in the Lord's church for a very long time. You've been mm-hmm. walking with Christ for, you know, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, how difficult is it to continue to walk, to continue to follow, to continue to have faith when your world is crashing down around you? Well, you, what do you mean by world crashing down around you? What do you mean? Well, you know, I mean, a lot of people are under the opinion that, you know, God is just looking to bless me. He's okay. looking to just give me, okay. you know, roses and candy canes, chocolate kisses on the pillow. If, I, if I'm following him faithfully, no bad things will ever happen to me. He's going to protect me from all sorts of evil and bad things. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have that type of mentality. They have this mentality mm-hmm. that God is a supernatural bodyguard that is going to protect them from all sorts of, of horrible situations or bad things happening. And, uh, you know, you've walked with Christ a very long time. And I'm just curious, during that time, has that been has that been your experience? And if it hasn't been your experience, God has let you go through trials and difficulties and things of that nature. How is it that you've held on to your faith? Uh, I realized that uh, I was taught that that I have been adopted and that God is my father. And, uh, and I learned as I, as I read through the text, I learned what that meant. What it means for me to be identified as one of his children. Uh, not spiritually speaking, okay, not in a spiritual sense, but that I have been adopted by God. And everything that's going on in my life is a part of the family dynamic. You know, we had a meal tonight. Before we come up here, we had a meal tonight. And I watched your four kids. And they have four distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely distinct personalities. And, uh, and I know that, uh, that, they, uh, that each one of those personalities has specific things in their lives that, they're, that they do and don't do. And... Uh, and you love them anyway. Yeah. Love them in spite of it. Well, I'm a I am God's son. I have a distinct personality. I've got some things I do really well and some many things I don't do so well. He loves me anyway. And when I held on to that, I didn't have to understand it because them three them four little kids, they don't have a clue about adult stuff. They don't have a clue. That's right. You and your wife are navigating them through trying to get them ready for the next step of life, whatever that is. You know, whether it's going back to school, going, you know, into a profession, you're trying to get them ready by everything that happens in their life, by what what they wear, what they eat, what kind of, what how they act in the car when they're driving down the street. Everything is about that is, is you and your wife molding them and shaping them for the next event. Do they have any clue what that event is? Absolutely none. They don't have a clue. Going to school for them is, I don't have to be in the house all day long. I'm going to go to get to go to school and be with my friends. That's all they know. They don't, don't, they don't, they, they don't know and they don't care. But you, on the other hand, absolutely know. And when I learned that and I understood that, I know that God 
is getting me ready for the next event. I don't have to know what it is. And I don't have to know how it happens because I'm not going to be able to wrap my mind around it anyway. I've been to those places where I've shaken my fist at him and said, really? This isn't fun at all. Well, you ever had one of your kids get sideways with you? Sure. Where they didn't like what you were doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, all the time. Where they didn't appreciate what you did? They didn't think it was fair? They didn't oh, think yeah. it was right? Yep. Well, guess what? You're going to have the same dynamic with your father in heaven at some point. Yeah, because something's going to happen. And you're not going to understand. And you're going to get bent. How in the world could this be right? I thought you loved me. Well, your kids ever think, I think I thought he loved me. <laughs> this don't look like he loves me at all. Right. This hurts. I don't like this. Same, you have to wrap your mind around that. And that's hard. Because, you know, I am constantly doing things that I should not have do. Could be just treating people the wrong way. Sinful, absolutely sinful that I've chosen to do. And and I and I have to I have to remember that God still loves me because I'm His child. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to, have to understand why this thing happens or that thing happens or that over there is going to. I don't have to understand it. I just have to I have to wrap my mind around the fact that God knows what's going on. You know the guy I I I love to read the most hmm. or I love is Job. <laughs> You know, because you know what Job says in chapter 17? Hmm. Oh, I wish that the things that are going on could be written down, could be written in stone. That's right. Because I know that my Redeemer lives. What? Interesting, I know. He has three no good friends, okay? He's He's lost all of his children and all of his stuff. God has turned Satan loose in his life. And his wife says, why don't you just give up and die? What a woman. Wouldn't you like to have that woman in your life? I got in trouble for saying that before, you know, in a class. Yeah. But that's what she said. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? Well, that how supportive you think that is? Wouldn't you like to hear that come from your wife? No, no, not really. <laughs> well, and then in chapter 17, he says, man, I wish that what I what's going on could be written on stone. And you know what I tell him? Hmm. It was, Joe. Yeah. We got it. God wrote it down. Because he had a plan for you that you didn't know. Even then, you still didn't know. You know can, he's scraping boils. You ever had a boil? No. I have. That is not a fun, yeah. especially when you have it where I had it. Yeah, I've treated a few boils in my time. I had to sit on mine. Yeah. That was not fun at all. That thing was about that big around. And it was painful. Oh, it was painful. Thank God for my grandmother, who was old school, old Czech. She knew what to do. She knew how. She ban. You know, drop your pants for your grandma sometime, for her to doctor your behind. <laughs> you know, and, and you know what? And he's got them all over his body, from head to toe, and he's scraping them with a piece of broken rock or bot, broken pottery. And then yet in chapter seventeen, yeah. he says, "Oh, I wish this thing because I know that my redeemer lives." You know, I I I, I want to learn from Job because I want to know how to be able to say when when the, when all when everything's fell out of the bottom, I know my Redeemer lives. Hmm. That's how you hold on. You learn from these guys. You learn from Joseph. You learn from his experience with Potiphar's wife. You learn from this. And you know that someday God may allow this to happen in your life. 
And he's only going to allow it because he knows you can deal with it. And when you start like this, hey, he's big boy. He's had bigger than you and more important than you shake their fist at him before. Just saying. Well, and that's a and that's a good segue. So we're in Genesis 39, and that's exactly what we're going to see with Joseph. We're going to see the the hits keep rolling in for Joseph. Oh, hey, he got you know it, sold into slavery. That that uh, ornate cloak of his got ripped off his back and what shredded I know and is, dipped in blood. Is at what point do you give up? Is this a great example of a person that don't give up? Well, and the answer is if you're depending on God, never, never. That's my point. You know, because, that's what we can learn. And that's God. what we're going to see. from. That's absolutely what we're going to see. So that's really the Every class chapter. for tonight, guys. So Genesis chapter 39, don't give up. Don't I give think up. we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give up. <laughs> it's going to get better. Don't give up. So let's look at, let's jump in Genesis chapter 39, verse this is 1. Fun. I love it. I love and, this chapter. And let's, let's hear about Joseph. Let's see what happens to Joseph after he gets sold into slavery. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who is one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, in fact, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. You know, this is a good time to point out that God's idea of prosperity and our idea of prosperity are two different things. Completely different. Completely different. Completely Joseph different. is a slave in Potiphar's, in Potiphar's house. Yep. He is a slave. But in the Lord's mind, he is prospering. Yeah. he is. Pro he's prospering as a slave. So it's important to remember that the way I may look at prosperity and the way God looks at prosperity are two different things. Mm -hmm. He can, we can look at a man who is enslaved and say that he is prospering. That's, that blows my mind. And we have no idea at this point how long it's been since he got thrown the slave. How much time did he have to get his mind wrapped around what his brothers did to him, you know, and how to grow up, to grow up to a point. And, but it, I love what it says here in, in verse two, it says the Lord was with Joseph. Mm -hmm. It's going to get bad. It's going to get real bad real quick. It's going to get real bad real and, quick. And when it gets bad, real bad real quick in our lives, what I need to remember? He's with us. And that's a promise, guys. That's that's not something that we're just saying. Matthew chapter 28, verses uh, 18 through 20, he says very clearly to I'll his apostles there. He goes, you. I've been given all authority under heaven and earth. Therefore, yep. go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo... I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Mm -hmm. So he is with us. That is a promise he make. He spoke that promise to his apostles. And if you look at that command, we call it a self-propagating uh, command, because if the apostles take that command and they go and they teach it to somebody else, they're supposed to tell them to teach it to the next people yeah. and them to teach it to the next people. So this is a constant thing. He is always with I his think, people. I think something, I'm, Joseph is not going to do anything wrong here. Okay. He's, he's not going to do anything wrong. Yet, on the other hand, the ones that we saw before, they did lots wrong. Sure. And God didn't abandon them either. Well, let's get there. Okay. Let's, let's get, we'll get, to, we'll get to that point here in the text. Uh, maybe not this time, maybe not tonight. But we'll get there. But we're going to get we'll there. We'll get there, yeah. So in verse 3, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Now, if you're following along in your Bible, and I hope you are, you'll notice that that's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, and it's been said Three times. Mm -hmm. Three times in about a sentence and a half. The Lord was with Joseph. When his and master saw every time. Yep. And then when the master saw the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success. So remember, that's the covenant name for the God of Israel, Lord Yahweh. That's Yahweh God was with him every step of the way. And it was so evident that his owner could see that he was with him as well. 
uh, that the Lord gave him success everything. And Joseph found favor in his eyes. You know, this is, and this is Laban all over again. Mm-hmm. Laban and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, how it's amazing how many people around the people of promise end up benefiting oh, just yeah. from the people of promise Absolutely. being there. Absolutely. Uh, and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his whole household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. That's an impressive blessing. Yeah. And this is a guy with serious concerns. Remember, he is the he is a, a captain of the guard. He's one of Pharaoh's officials and a captain of the guard. I w- I've served in the military, and I'm telling you right now, you know, I was I was just a private, and I had a lot of stuff to be concerned and worried about. Mm-hmm. And those who were above me had way more responsibility and way more concerns. Mm-hmm. This is like this is like a general. He's he's captain of the guard. He's one of Pharaoh's officials. He's probably captain. When it says captain of the guard, he's probably captain of Pharaoh's bodyguard. Wouldn't shock me. But he is he is a military man. He's got a lot of responsibility. But because of Joseph, specifically because of the Lord blessing Joseph and the household he's in, this man has no cares. That's extreme. This you know, this you know, is an extreme blessing. Joseph's making this guy's money. Probably. Probably. Wouldn't shock me. Well, he says he doesn't have any, any concerns. Right. You know? He's not he's got he, he's managing his household. So, so and if Joseph, you manage a household right, right, you manage it right, you're gonna make money. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. He's making money in the fields. The flocks are making money. The crops are making money. You know, everything in his house is making money. Everybody in his house that that is other attendants, Joseph's got them in, in line so that he's getting the most bang for the buck. Every time they do something, they're doing he's it exactly. He's got this dude's home running. Like a well-oiled machine. It's running. Man, it's running. Yeah. He just comes in. Everything's Doesn't good. Worry about anything. And it's every day, every day, every day. It's the same thing. Everything's good. He Everything's trusts good. Everything's good. this young man implicitly. Trust him implicitly because Joseph hasn't given me any reason not to trust him. That's right. You know, I like the next. You, there's part here you didn't read. Hmm. Uh, it says, it said that Joseph in charge did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. Okay. Well, I didn't get to that point. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. get to that part yet. We yeah. stopped midway but, through. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, th- this is a young man. Yes. Okay, this is a young man. This yes. is this is some young man in his probably in his twenties. Could be. You know, probably. You know, most most of us young men, when we're young men, uh, we uh, we have a different physique. Yes. The older you get, the more south things go. <laughs> Just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. Gravity starts taking over and things start falling down. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to say anything about it. you take your shirt off. Oh my, is this guy handsome and well built? You know, but if he's, if he's young, sure. You know, this guy's got it. I mean, he's, he is, he is a, he's a, he's a, he's a specimen of a human being both inside and out. And that's important. Well, let's keep going. So now Joseph was well-built and handsome, as you said, and and this is in verse 7. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me and... I love the reasoning here that Joseph has. Mm -hmm. But he refused. Listen to this. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. 
Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? David said something very similar. Mm -hmm. After he had murdered Uriah and committed adultery with Bathsheba, in one of the Psalms, he looks at he looks at God and says, It is you I have sinned against. Yep. 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 And God loved him anyway. He did. He did. See, my point. He does. That's what we have to wrap our mind around. We do. That as a child of his, you know, I, I God still loves me. Just like you love your children. That's right. That's how you stand up under this under all this stuff. That's how you stand up when Satan is beating the garbage out of you. When it seemed like your life has turned into an absolute quagmire, you stay focused on God because because he's promised, I will love you. I will not abandon you. You know, and what, particularly looking at this text, I find it interesting. We've watched Reuben succumb to this temptation. Mm -hmm. We've watched Judah succumb to this temptation. His brothers. His brothers. We've watched his father. His fa- I mean, look, it, the book says very clearly that this he took this one as a wife and this one as a wife. He was succumbing to temptation there, mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. When Christ interprets how marriage is supposed to be done, he makes it very, very clear. In the beginning, it's one man and, and one, one woman. woman. Yep. One man and one woman. And the, the disciples look at Jesus' teaching on marriage and they think it's so extreme. They go, well, who would want to get married then if you can't divorce them? You know, but that's the way it was. And that's what God wants for us. One man and one woman for life. United as Had one. to get so so twisted up? We did that. We Man did that. did that. God didn't do that. But we did that. Jacob has fell, fallen to this. And, and so far in this narrative, the story throughout Genesis, what we've mm-hmm. seen is that the sins of the father pass their way down to the sins of the son, right? The mm-hmm. father does it. The sons do it, mm-hmm. right? And Joseph is really the exception here. Yeah. I don't think we've seen a son yet, a child of Abraham yet, that could pass this test. I don't think we've no, seen. We it. haven't seen. Any, we haven't seen evidence of it from the scriptures. Where any of them have? None. Is this hey. the savior? Oh, is it? That's what. And see, and this is, and this is what the text is leading us to. Mm-hmm. Is he the one? Yep. Is he the one we're waiting for? Yeah. And we're actually going to see Joseph deliver the world. Mm-hmm. We're going to see him, and so this is. This really gets us into, you know, types. When we start talking about types of Christs, where we see Christ in other figures and other and earlier in the text long before jesus ever comes on the on the field um and this is certainly one of them adam was a type he Mm -hmm. was the first yeah right and so joseph is actually another type another he is moses will be and and, moses will be another one Mm -hmm. people who are very who are very close to god who you see in the text are constantly the way they do things is just the right way. Yeah. And they're there to be models to us, yeah. to show us the way we should handle things. And look at what he does. He's a slave in his father's house. Reuben was the firstborn of Jacob, but he still went up to his father's couch. It was his father. Yeah. And Reuben did that. Joseph is a slave in this dude's house, a slave in this dude's house, and he wouldn't even think of it. No. And look at what it says here. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day day after day this woman is throwing herself at this man he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her and brothers and that's the key that is so important you got to know the name of the game and sometimes you got to get out of the room don't be don't be if you are a man especially in today's age if you're a man out there 
You're a father, you're a husband, you definitely should not be alone with some with a woman who is not your wife. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. You should not do that. Because bad things can happen. Bad things can happen. It doesn't even have to actually have happened. But people looking in, seeing something, oh look, they're alone by themselves now. What does the text say? Even avoid the appearance of evil. Not an easy thing to do, dude. No, it's not. It's not, especially nowadays. Mm. I would say especially, I mean, it's it's always been that way, but you know, looking at it from this perspective on this side, it seems like it's gotten a lot worse. Mm. It seems like it's gotten a lot worse. But this is really the key. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. Uh-oh, get <laughs> out. Don't stay there, get out. You walk into a situation like that and there's nobody else around, turn around and walk away. Turn around and walk away. Then here she is, look at this. Caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Fleed. Mm. He fled. And that's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. Yeah. We need to flee yeah. from temptation. Joseph is an excellent example of what we should do. So he's done everything right. Has he done anything wrong here? No. Nope. He, well, he wasn't like his older brother Reuben, nope. sleeping with his father's wife. You nope. know, he's not like Judah, sleeping with the temple prostitute on the side of the road, nope. right? He's not like them. He flees from this temptation. He runs away. And so, you know, God's going to bless him richly for everything that he's done, right? Because he's he's been a rock. Mm-hmm. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought, a, you, bought, uh, you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Man, what's that old saying? No good deed goes unpunished? Mm-hmm. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. So here we have that again. The Lord was with him. This is like the third or fourth time it said that. You think the mm-hmm. Lord is with this guy? Yeah. And yet the hits just keep I, on I, coming. I'm, I'm still going to go back to what you asked me. You know, I'm. <clears throat> this is something we have to wrap our mind around. It's hard. It is hard. You know, when you're, when you're standing at a coffin of a child or when you are just been told by a boss that I don't need you anymore and you've got bills to pay and you've just bought another car and now what are you going to do? Or your husband or your wife says, I don't love you anymore and you need to get out of my house. Or one of your, a doctor, you take your child to the doctor and the doctor says, I'm sorry, but he has, she has. To realize that God is still with us is hard. Mm-hmm. It is not easy. You know, this you know, this makes it look like, oh, well, wait a minute, God was with him. It's just words on a page. Until you process it and look at it and say, you know what? I need to remember this because this is going to help me down the road. When was the last time you were falsely accused? You know, I've been falsely accused of things. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Mm-hmm. It's not good. I mean, you think, you know, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. It's words on a page. It's so easy for us to move through this story and to say, well, the Lord was with him. It was all good. Mm-hmm. 
This man is going to spend good. 15 years, 20 years, somewhere around that number, as a slaver in prison mm-hmm. for no reason. No reason. He didn't do the crime. And he'll get thrown into prison anyway and left there to rot. What, you know, I, what's amazing to me is that God knows this young man. He knows his heart. He knows what he's going to do he, before he does it. You know, God can can put things in his life. What well, what about Job? You know, God said, man, he told him, man, you see Job? Man, he's something. Man, he's something. Job said, the reason he's like that is because you got your hands all over him. Take your hands off and see what happens. Just give me a shot at him. See what happens. God said, fine. Go ahead. What does he know? I know Job. Yeah. I know Job better than Job knows Job. I know him. And, and you know, and he... And then he comes back and he says, hey, what's, what's going on? Where you been? Where you been? Where you been? I'll be blowing woman around. He said, you consider my servant Job? <laughs> he said, come on, man. He said, you got your hands all over him still. He said, I'll tell you what. Go ahead. You just can't kill him. Boy, howdy. Did that not open the floodgates to him? Okay. So he inflicts him with all kinds of stuff in his life. And yeah. And, you know, you look at this this young man, and it says God was with him, and he's blessing him, and Potiphar's doing well. Oh, my gosh, Potiphar's doing great. And he's got a no-account wife, and a no-account wife wants this handsome, rugged young man who's six-foot-whatever, got a six-pack abs. Man, I ain't had a six-pack. <laughs> I got a keg. <laughs> six-pack abs. And, you know, he's and he's looking at, at this woman saying, Man, I can't do this. My God is more important to me. At what point, Cole, do we get to the point where we look around and say, God's more important to me than anything else? You know? Is Job perfect? No. Is is Joseph perfect? No. It's a scary place. You're in a scary place in your walk with God when you realize that Job is someone to emulate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's brass tacks. Mm-hmm. Church, Christianity is not about you. Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter 1, yeah. verse 29. Mm-hmm. Paul's writing to the Philippian church and he says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Mm-hmm. That word granted, the root for that word is where you get the idea of gift or grace. Something pleasing to be given. It's a blessing to get to suffer on behalf of God, Christ. That's really tough. That is a hard thing to do. That's tough. Well, and very quickly, not not too long, uh, my, the next sermon I'm preaching, not this Sunday because I'm not preaching this Sunday, but the following Sunday is Blessed are the Peacemakers. And then I've got two Sundays to talk about blessed, blessed are those who are persecuted for me. You know, when Nero was lighting, using Christians as human torches in his gardens, those people were blessed. That's a hard thought to wrap your mind around. Sure damn is. That's a hard thought. You to know, wrap when it's around, really hard to wrap your mind around it, when you're the torch. When you're the torch. They were, they were uh, praising God and blessing him as they were ripped apart in the arenas. Mm-hmm. Now... I run into Christians who say, if they look at me sideways, I'm going to shoot them. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. 
church, we've got to recognize where where our culture has gone wrong, and we have a culture that fetishizes self-defense, and we need to be very careful. I'm not saying you don't have a right to defend yourself. I'm not saying you don't have a right to defend your family. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you don't have a right to shoot somebody who's stealing your car. Mm-hmm. The law says you do. Christ says you don't. So we need to be very, very careful, church. Very careful. Yep. We need to walk wisely like David with Abishai. We need to walk very wisely. We need to consider things from his perspective. But it's wonderful to know that if I shoot that guy, okay, and I don't carry, I don't, you know, but if I shoot that guy, that God ain't going nowhere. Yes, yes. I, but that doesn't give I understand. me the license. I understand. It doesn't give me the license to, to, to do it. You know, if, if Joseph had slept with Potiphar's wife, God could still have blessed him in spite of that. We've already seen that. Absolutely. I mean, look, I'm, we're not, I'm not for one second uh, trying to discount his grace. Um, and, I, and I know you know this as well. Grace is not a license to sin. No, it's not. It is not. And it over and over and over again, we're called to walk worthy of the gospel. Now, but, we're going to fail in that. We're going to fail in that. And we need to know that we, that we can come before Christ, we can come before God on his throne. And because of Christ... It is not a throne of judgment, but a throne of mercy. And we need to know that. And that's so important to know. His grace is radical. His grace is better than anything that you will poss- you could ever possibly get. It's better than anything you deserve, anything I deserve, anything he deserves. It's, it's the most precious thing, most precious gift that could ever be given to anyone. It is amazing. If you want to read more about his grace, I cannot encourage you enough. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 and just dig in to all of the grace that is there. It's crazy. It's crazy. God raises us up and seats us in the heavenly realms next to Christ. We're adopted children. We don't deserve that. You know, I look at Judah. I look at Reuben. I look at the way Jacob lived. Esau. All the, I look at all these people. I look at the way I live. I know what I deserve. I know better than anyone. Yeah. Yep. So of course that grace is there, but we also have to adopt his perspective. Yeah. And Paul. But when we don't. And Joseph and Job are all sitting there reminding us that when persecution comes our way, when we suffer for him, when we suffer for doing the right thing, Peter comes right out and says it. Mm. If we suffer for doing the right thing, for doing good, Mm. we are blessed. I've been at this over 40 years, okay? And I agree with you 100%. It's really easy to talk about. It is easy to talk. <laughs> really easy to talk it's about. Really easy to Until talk. you're facing a firestorm in your life, and you're facing something in your life that you have never thought ever you would face at all. And when you're facing that, to, to say the things that you're saying, not near as easy to say them. Oh, I bet. When you're, when you're going through it, I'm telling you. I've, I've gone through it, and I've seen many people go through it. I've seen people go through some of the most horrendous stuff in their lives. It's hard. And it you is know, difficult. I, I've talked a lot about, I've talked a lot about um, you know, going up to Sunset, having to raise support, having to do all that, mm-hmm. and how we're sitting there, and I had jobs on lock. I had them on lock. You know, you know what it's like to have to meet a budget for a family, to have, mm-hmm. to, have to put food on the table for kids. And you know how stressful it can be when that's not happening you know when your jo- when your boss looks at you and says you're fired and you got a new car payment or you got a car payment you know mm-hmm. um i remember doing that i remember doing that and i remember sitting there 
freaked out because, you know, I mean, there's a national shortage of paramedics. I'm a paramedic and I can't get a job. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, yeah. and with my, look, and I'm not trying to say I'm awesome, but with my resume, contracted for the Border Patrol, you worked in the United States military as a combat medic, worked in critical care, both 911 and emergency transfers, ER to ER. That's what I did. And I did it for years. Mm-hmm. And I can't find a job? What? God's got a different plan. What is this? You think you think Joseph ever thought that? And you know what? You know what I didn't think? In that moment, I didn't think. And hear me, church. I didn't think, oh, how blessed yeah. I am to suffer. Yeah. But you know what I did think? I am yours. I am here. And I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You open the door you want me to go through. You close the door you don't. Mm-hmm. I am not going mm-hmm. anywhere. And I glorified him anyway. And that and that's a that's a great testimony. That's that's awesome, and uh, and he will make sure that you have to do that again. Oh, I'm sure. At I'm some sure. point, I'm you sure. Know? And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm I'm just telling you that's what the reality is. He is going to you know the the ev- the, the example of this kid, yeah. and what's going to because it's going to chapter after chapter after chapter is going to be yes. here's here we go again. Yeah, this, the hard knocks don't stop. No, they're not going to stop. No. They're not and stop. church, and it's so important for us to understand that. Christianity is not about me. Mm-mm. It's not about him. Mm-mm. It's not about you. It's about glorifying God. It's about coming to him and honoring him with everything you have and holding on to him you know, with everything you have. I, I want him to know I've been where you are. I've been, I've, I've been there. I don't know what it is. But I've done this a long time, and I've, I've I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. I've been involved in a lot, so I know what they're going through. You know, they probably can't come up with something I haven't heard about or been a part of. Probably can't. And I'm looking at it going, yeah, you know, I'm looking at this guy, and they're, and they're going, they don't know me. They don't know what how hard this is. They don't know how painful, how much pain I'm in. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do know how hard, how painful it is. You know, if you if you think not, give us a call. I would love to talk to you and see, you know, just where we could navigate through the book to help you to understand that God wants to bless you in a very powerful way. And he wants you to understand what that blessing means, that he, that he is blessing you. Joseph is, is here's an example. And this isn't going to stop here. You know, you know, he's he's fixing he's fixing to get his clock cleaned here, but it ain't going to stop there. It's not going to stop there at all. And, you know, when you just about the time you think that I can't do any more, that, that I can't suffer anymore, guess what happens? Mm. You know, people that here that know me and know my family, you know, we lost one baby after another baby after another baby, you know. And at some points you look around and you say, when is this going to stop? How many of these are we going to have to go through before this stops? This has gotten where it's really not any fun anymore. It wasn't any fun the first time, second time, or the third time. But you get you get a, you get to a point. And you say, you know, okay, you got my attention. What next? So, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, there. There is a, you know, there's tough things that can happen in our lives. But God, if God is with us, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, and one of these days, I'm gonna tell you. Remember what we talked about? Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. And I'll need the reminder. Yeah, you will. And so will I. And that's Again. why And that's why we have the church. And actually, you know what? Real quick, let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
just so we can see that this that this isn't new. No. This isn't a very very old topic. Paul is writing to the Corinthians here in his in his second letter. He says in verse 8, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. God is going to put you in positions that are far beyond your ability to endure. He is going to do that. So that we despaired of life itself. Uh, so we despaired. We, we, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it again. Look at what he said. He said, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life itself. You know what they want? I want to die. That's what he's talking. He said, it was so bad, we wanted to die. Just kill us, God. If this, is, this isn't fun. You know he said? This ain't no fun. This ain't fun. But look at this. Verse 9, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. So they thought that God had ordained it. Oh, yeah. he's, he's decided. He's going to kill us. We're going to die here. We're going to die here. We're going to yep. die here. We're going to die. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. In other words, the hits are going to keep on rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. How important is it to have the church? How important is it to be in prayer? How important is it to have people in your life that can remind you Christianity ain't about you? Mm-hmm. How important is it to have people who, who are in your life who can look at you and say, I understand what you're going through, but keep putting your trust and faith and hope in him. Mm-hmm. Hold on to him with everything you have because he has the power to deliver. How important is it for us to have things written down for us so that we can read them and read things like Job said, I know that my Redeemer That's lives right. in spite of what he's gone through. I wish I'd be written down. Well, he was. And he said, I know my Redeemer lives. How important is it to have Joseph and his and all of this whole thing play out? Because he's going to prison. He's going to jail. And not for just a little while. That's right. He's going to be in jail a very long time. Yeah. And so this chapter really ends the same way it began. Um, the Lord was with him for like the fifth time. Do you think the Lord's with this guy? And look at all the horrible things that are happening. And look at how he's done all the right thing. There are teachers and preachers out there, church, that'll tell you, that'll say, well, God just wants to bless you. He wants to richly bless you and pour blessings, financial blessings and health blessings and, and all of these blessings on you unless you're doing the wrong thing. If you don't have those blessings, you must be doing the wrong thing. You must not have any faith. You must not have any faith. You must not be sending us enough money. Yeah. That's what they'll teach. And church, are, you, are you paying attention? That's not what the text says. The Lord is with him every step of the way. The Lord was with him as he was falsely the accused. The Lord is blessing him. The Lord was with him as he was carried off into slavery. The Lord was with him when he got sold to Potiphar. The Lord was with him as he was falsely accused. The Lord was with him as he goes to prison for a decade. Yeah. The Lord was with him every, every step of the way. Yeah. But wait a minute, I thought the Lord was just going to bless me and it was all going to be sunshine and rainbows. It's not that. That's not the truth. That is not the truth, guys. That's not the truth. That is not the truth. You know, we're trying to we're trying to navigate through the book for you. That's why, why we're, what we're doing here. And we're trying to help you understand the God that you're being taught in many instances is not the God of the book. It's just not. That's right. This is the truth. That's this right. kid is going, to be, is going to be abused and used and God is with him. 
blessing him. That's right. Through all of this. Wow. So the Lord was with him and he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Again, favor <laughs> and God's blessings don't always look the same way. Prosperity, God's prosperity is not the same thing that we might consider don't prosperity. Don't mean you're making a bunch of money. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if I'm sitting in prison, I don't feel like I'm prospering very much. No, no. If I'm somebody's slave, I probably don't feel like I'm prospering very much. But look at what the text says. Granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I am, you know, we've talked a lot about some of what I would consider the obvious there, right? We're going to have to roll with the hits, things of that nature. Not only are we going to have to roll with the hits, but we're oftentimes going to be expected to perform during the hits. Mm -hmm. Look at what Joseph was doing. Yeah, He didn't get, I mean, he had every right to be upset and angry and take it out on Potiphar. He didn't. He served him. He knew the Lord was with him and he served him. He served a man who purchased him as a slave. Yeah. He gets falsely imprisoned. He doesn't spit on the warden. He serves him. It blows, I mean, there's just so many lessons to learn from Joseph. That we, that we need to learn. And if you don't see Christ in all of that chapter, all of that chapter, he goes to the cross to serve mankind that is currently putting him there because he knew who was with him, mm -hmm. the Lord. Um, Blows I'm, my mind. I'm telling you guys, you know, it's we need to be reminded of this over and over because things are going to happen in our lives. And it gets really easy to get really negative and really down. Absolutely. I get to, that's easy to do. Yeah. And and all of us, all of us struggle. You know, I, I can get down on myself sometimes. How why in the world would you do that? Why in the world would you say that? Why in the world would you go there? Why would you do this? You know? And and then get down on other people. Why why I wonder why they aren't doing why are they doing better? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing, are are we doing enough? And so it gets easy. Satan would like nothing better. Than to twist us in the dirt and make us be judgmental That's right. and yeah. angry and yeah. depressed and pessimistic. <laughs> There's no place for that. He wants to get us off our game, church. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he wants yeah. to do. Yeah. He wants you focused on anything, anything other than what you're supposed to be focused on. And a lot of people right now are focused on what's going to happen with our economy, what's going to happen in our society, <laughs> what's going to happen with, you know, are, is there going to be a civil war? There's yeah. a... You yeah. know, oh my God, the pandemic. Oh my God, we got a new strain of, you know, and that's, and Satan would like nothing better than to, and to unfocus us Absolutely. and start focusing on. Now, Absolutely. I'm not saying don't be careful. I'm not saying don't be prepared. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying don't let it become your life. We're not telling you not to be wise or to act wisely. That's no, not what we're no. saying. But we are saying that we are called here. We are here for a purpose. He redeemed you, bled for you cleansed you for a purpose you know and it's time to be about it i had somebody talking to me about this stuff the other day and i don't know where i remember who it was and i said you know what i'm concerned about i'm concerned about and i made a, a mention of a man that you and i are studying with and i said he's who i'm concerned about that's right and whether we're gonna whether we're gonna be able to get him in a right relationship with god or not i said all the other stuff is really peripheral stuff 
that which doesn't take precedent over him. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I said, hey, I I understand all that stuff can be a problem, but I'm concerned about his spiritual well-being and where we're going to go with what's going to happen with him. Absolutely. You know, let's pray. Yeah. Father, thank you for Joseph and thank you for his example. Father, it truly is an amazing thing to watch a, a, a man of God work his life out in his way while you bless him over and over and over. Help us to realize, Father, that you're not going anywhere. And many times when the things are happening in our lives, you're right there always blessing us, prospering us, striving to do great things through us. But we have to get our mind right. We have to get our focus right and not focus on the negative stuff or the pessimistic stuff, but focus on what you say to do. We need to be in the book. We need to be in your word and read about these men and these women who are, who are godly people striving to do your will, like Joseph. Bless us, Father, as we, as we go through this study. Help us, Father, and help the, our audience as they, as they strive to navigate their life. They strive to understand why it is that God has is, is, is allowed them to be where they are. Maybe he has a great, powerful plan for them. Thank you, Father, for that plan. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.